Black love, culture, politics, spirituality, health, and fashion. Redefined from the mind, heart, and perspectives of three black women. This is the Miseducation of the Black Woman Podcast. My world, it moves so fast today. The past, it seems so far away. Welcome back to the Miseducation of the Black Woman Podcast. I'm Keisha. I'm Lisa. I'm Amber. And this is episode eight. How are you guys? We missed you, as always. Last episode. We talked about mommy issues. Yes. Okay. So the feedback on that, I got pretty good feedback on mommy issues. Kind of the same with daddy issues. A lot of people didn't realize that they had mommy issues until after listening to the podcast. I actually, just to be honest, y'all, I didn't even listen to it. Me either. I didn't want to hear myself cry again. So I didn't want to take myself back to that space. So I just didn't listen to it. It was just one of those things like, uh, you know, I gave my truth. I was transparent. I left it all on the mic. I ain't need to really hit it. But then also we were kind of upset with the sound quality. True. And we were going to make a post about it, but I guess we didn't have the time nor the energy to write it. So we do want to apologize for the quality of the last episode and a few others. We are mindful we can be perfectionist. Oh, yeah. And don't think we don't hear it. Like, we can definitely <laughs> yeah. tell. Like, we get we really it. upset. <laughs> we really do. That's why I haven't listened, because I sound like I was in the bathroom and the water was running or something. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we apologize for that, because it's we always want to bring y'all the best quality. But as always, and I guess as a life lesson, shit happens. So, right. yeah. And I did get a lot of feedback where people said that the quality wasn't as bad as I had made it seem. So then I did listen to it and it actually was pretty entertaining and had a lot of jewels in there. So you guys probably should go ahead and check it out. Maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. So y'all, the past two weeks for me, this is Keisha, uh, have been pretty good. Y'all, I had a birthday. I turned 32. I really just felt like... I don't know what I was feeling. I thought I was Queen Sheba or somebody for this birthday. It's not even like a milestone birthday. And I was just excited. I think because this past year I went through so much and I was just happy to celebrate life. It was life. a milestone for you, though. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah, I celebrate. And you did turn up. Man, I turned up. Y'all, I had <laughs> so much fun. I have not laughed that much in forever. Of course, these two queens right there were right there supporting me. I was with my friends. It was just a beautiful, amazing birthday. On my birthday, I was with my grandmother and my parents and my sons. And man, it was just all love. Now, let me tell y'all the downside of that. So for my birthday, I said I was going to have a cheat day. One on my actual birthday, which was Wednesday, and then one on Saturday. So that's two cheat days, I guess. Baby, did and turn into a whole cheat week. <laughs> I've gained five pounds. And when I say cheat, I Totally disregarded my veganism. I've eaten lobster. I need all kind of shit. I gained five pounds. I feel sluggish. I'm tired. My face is breaking out, but it was worth it. So (laughs) all I have to do. That's what matters. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do with just like with anything else in life is regroup and get it back together. So I had fun. I really, really appreciate all my family and friends for just making me feel so loved and It was amazing. So what about you, Lisa? Well, for me, the last two weeks have been pretty amazing. Yeah, really amazing. So I have restarted 
my lock journey. Yes, baby. And I am. And Amber, don't come to the mic And Amber now. has a running bet <laughs> in the Thug Life group chat. Oh, how you gonna about bet? how long she's gonna last? How you gonna what bet against your friend? What? That's Listen, what I'm saying. They all I'm about, betting against me. I'm about love truth. I'm out of call. All of y'all, right? I'm about truth. Whatever. Listen. So let me tell y'all. Let me. Okay. Let me tell you the story about my locks. That's gonna be my two week talk. So I tried to start my lock journey last year in November. I think I lasted two weeks. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I had some heat damage. You know, all of that. I couldn't do it. But I did say that I was going to revisit. I was going to give it about a year and I was going to revisit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, those that know me know that I am, when it comes to my hair, I'm just do it. I see a hairstyle the next day. I'm going to get it. So this has been a journey for me. Keisha, no, I have texted her plenty of days. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this hair. I want to do something different. This journey for me, Amber and Thug <laughs> Life that has a running bet against me. This is like, this represents my something. I don't know what yet, but it's the journey of something for me that I'm starting. And for me to even last it this long, do y'all see my hair? I love it. I think it's beautiful. I see it. I'm doing it. I, I believe by now, By now, I would have Oh, Keisha, shut up. Stop No, this. her attitude about it is good. <laughs> for real. I'm, I'm in it for real. I'm owning it. It's me. I really do. I think that once they start uh, forming, that I will really be in love with them. So I'm going to stay the course at least until I get to that point. Now, if I get there and don't like it, that's a different story. You're going to love it. It's already pretty. I don't want to bust your bubble. <laughs> but it took my hair like two years before it actually started locking. Well, bitch, I don't have your hair. Why got to be a bitch, I'm though? sorry. We'll edit yeah. that out. That I'll was rough, it. huh? Leave it. I'll leave that. <laughs> that was rough, that's huh? That's real life right Well, there. yeah, that's how we talk to each other, y'all. But but it can't. I don't have. No, it, no it's not going to take that long. It could. It's not. You have very soft hair. It's not. <laughs> So you try to be real with them. <laughs> no, you do. You have soft hair. I know. But so like even the ones that are back here, right? I like them. I just don't like the front part because I have a teeny weeny afro at the front. But I like the rest of them. Yeah, you're going to be fine. I'm, I know. I'm not worried about Amber because once they make they little bit they got going on, they're going to have to give me the money. Oh, good. If I don't, uh, you know, in this course. So how and long has so it been? It will make a week tomorrow. <laughs> So someone said two weeks. I gave you three. No, you didn't. You said That's two. all you gave no, her? No, the other person gave you less time. I gave you more. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go. Okay. I've already made my next appointment to go get a retouch. But anyway, so my life has been going pretty good. I'm, I'm like, I'm growing. Like I have, I had a real good talk with myself yesterday and I, you know, told myself how proud I am Mm -hmm. because I've come a long way when I look at where I was this time last year. Like, man, when I look at where you were, when we started this podcast, you have just bloomed. Like you have just opened up so much. Yes. Or maybe it's because you're more comfortable with me. I don't know, but I just see you opening I feel up like so I am like I feel like I'm learning me like I'm on a walk with myself and mm-hmm. I'm getting to know myself like so every day I'm doing something and I'm learning something new about me or about something that's happened in my life every day is I'm learning something or I'm doing something to get there so yeah I feel it I feel totally different I really do like I feel 
the change. I feel amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. What about you, Munchers? Yeah, because um, <laughs> here she go. She the old you, woo, child. You have come a long way. What, what do you have to way. say, Amber? She got my <laughs> the old me. It's been a beautiful journey. <laughs> <laughs> so the you last two weeks, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Oh yeah, I'm just tired. All I do is go home and go to sleep. Any opportunity that I can get to go to sleep, I go to sleep. I'm tired. I don't want to do shit. I'm tired. Like, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I go home and lock my door. And all you hear are my kids banging on the door. <laughs> Clayton has found a way to open the door with his finger. Turning the lock. Yes. And Good then job. he just hops on the bed and hops all over. It's just, it's horrible. You know, sometimes being a parent is just horrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do want to say, "Leave me the f alone." And, and I say yeah. it, but they, it doesn't quite register. Oh, with my them. kids start laughing. Yeah, and they keep on. Yeah, they, they don't they, stop. So mm-hmm. I've actually thought about escaping to my mother's house, but then <laughs> she'll make me do errands and shit. Like, there's no escape. There's no. Let me tell you, I'm going on a staycation this weekend, me and my bestie, and I cannot wait because we both plan to sleep. That's, that's what we want. We're we're going on a staycation to sleep. I know that's right. I'm gonna I do that more wait. often. You know what? When we did the Airbnb for my birthday, Lisa, that just opened my yeah. eyes to that was the fact everything. That, I needed that too. Yo, I was like, even though we were turning up, but just being away from your normal setting mm-hmm. and away from your children, response to no responsibilities. You don't have to think Listen. for anybody. You don't have to do anything. You just Airbnb for you all my little extra money <laughs> whenever I can get away from my kids, yeah. which is not often. But I realize that I do need a break sometimes. You do. And because if you don't, you will like have a break on them. You will break yes, on their ass. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, but I feel Amber break a foot off in that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel nobody want to do that. Nobody want to nah, do that. No, man. I, I love my kids. That's my sanity right there. But, ooh, child. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just some the time. Ghetto. Be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Love. Girl, I was trying to remember what you were saying. Oh, we didn't talk about the photo shoot. We had a whole photo shoot. Oh, we, yeah, did. we did. And the whole vision board party. Y'all, our photo shoot was amazing. Y'all. Shout out to Charles Baldwin Jr. Yes, man. He did amazing. Oh, Lord. He took our vision and just like brought it to life. I absolutely loved yes. the pictures. Loved them. So I even booked with him for a family shoot because it was just that on point. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Yeah, but we were, uh, that's what we kept. Because he was like, uh, you know, hey, y'all laugh with each other. And we didn't know what to say. Like, <laughs> when y'all see those pictures of us, like, cracking up laughing, we were literally laughing, laughing at because nothing. Because we had no idea what to do. <laughs> we said, this is weird. Like, models who do this for a living, like. You How? have to have like a personality disorder to be like a model, like <laughs> a disorder. No, it's something wrong, like, right? Because this- how can you fake that much happiness and laughter? It was hot out there. <laughs> I had on velvet. <laughs> I had to keep fixing my wig. It was, it was just, it was a lot. <laughs> it was. But Charles had a whole portable dressing studio. <laughs> Yo, he man. was hanging off a railing. He was shit. ready, y'all. That's he a real ready. photographer right there. <laughs> he was asking if we want something to drink. We're putting sandals down so we didn't have to walk on a. Our bags were flying all over the place. He ran Ready, to go yeah, get him. Yeah, he is amazing. The quality is amazing. The turnaround was amazing. Shout out to Charles. Yep. Um, you can go on our Instagram page if you need to book your own photo shoot. With and he's affordable. Hello. Very much. Yeah. Very much. And he's from the east side. Not east sure. Side. So, um, yeah. So. I'm just tired. She tired. <laughs> That's it. So, let's get into it. This week, episode eight, we are talking about the hashtag me too. So, 
this is something that we all felt was very important, you know, with recent events that are going on here, all of these sexual assault allegations that are in the news, even going into the R. Kelly allegations, just different things. Different women are speaking out and using the hashtag MeToo as a form of support, um, a form of unity amongst women to let people know that you're not alone and that it is okay to speak out. So I can say that I've never personally been uh, victimized. I don't have a personal Me Too story when it comes to sexual assault. Now, I have experienced abuse in other ways, but never in a sexual manner. But I did pose the question on my Instagram, who has a Me Too story? Or have you ever been a victim or anything like that? And I don't want to say it surprised me because I used to, so for those who don't know, before I became a hairstylist, I was a 911 operator. So I've heard stories about both boys and girls being molested, being raped. It's not just a female thing. But I think what surprised me the most was the amount of men who responded to me. Because a lot of, I don't know why, I just feel like men don't speak up as much as women do. Right. Um, due to embarrassment, which women are very embarrassed as well. But I had a lot of response from men. So I don't really know if the Me Too hashtag is specifically for women or if it's for people who've been victimized in general. I think it's in general because... Terry Cruz, I think is his name. Okay. He came out with the story. And okay. I want to say another male person, but I could be wrong. So yeah, I, I, don't, I think so. So for me, what I wanted to speak on was something, I guess, since, because I never want to be the type of person that can speak for another person in their experience. Right. So because I have an experience that I cannot speak for them, what I can speak for is as a person who has been physically abused, um, a lot of people, and what surprises me, a lot of women do a lot of victim blaming. So if the person doesn't come out in the way that they feel like that they should come out or in the time frame that they feel like they should speak up, then all of a sudden they're lying. They're trying to ruin someone. They're, you know, just basically blaming right. the victim. What did you do? Right. You asked for this. You allowed it. So I really feel like. That's uh, one of the reasons why a lot of women don't speak up is because of fear of persecution. Like they've already been victimized once right. because of the act. So you combine that with I'm trying to tell my story and I'm trying to be heard. And now I have all of these people telling me I'm a liar. So let me go to this story real quick. The Just Britney story. Now. Am I a huge fan of just Britney? I'm not, you know, uh, as far as musically, I'm just, not, I'm not a fan. You don't think she's the queen of, of H-Town? <laughs> I am too then. Okay. <laughs> if she's the queen, I'm the motherfucking queen. Yeah. But when her story came out about her domestic abuse, people automatically said that she was lying. Even with video recordings, they said the timing of it was wrong. I honestly believe her. I do believe that the man definitely abused her, assaulted her. Now, he may have gotten off, as I know a lot of people do. However, I do believe that it happened. And the way that she was attacked for coming out, or I don't even think she made a statement about it. I think it was just released because he was arrested. People literally, like, wish death on this woman and 
all of this kind of shit. So my problem with that is if you weren't there, you honestly don't know what happened. Right. And I can see it from both sides because I am a mother of boys. So having sons, I would never want a woman to get mad at my son and say, oh, he sexually assaulted me or he beat me or whatever. So I, I do get that part. However, when there is substantial evidence and then sometimes there's not substantial evidence, we cannot automatically say that a victim is lying. Right. We cannot automatically shun them and shame them because if it did happen, they've already been through some of the most horrific trauma and sexual abuse, physical abuse. I can't speak for sexual abuse, but I'll talk to you from person that's been physically abused. What happens to you physically is so minute compared to the mental and emotional turmoil that it causes. So I can't even, I've been in two relationships where I was physically abused and both times I went months without saying anything to anybody. I didn't want people to know the extent, or if I did say something, I downplayed it. I didn't tell the full extent of what was going on because number one, you go through embarrassment, you go through shame. Um, you have this abusive person that could be grooming you um, to make you feel like somehow you are the cause of this. So there's a lot of mental and emotional things that go on when you're abused that will make you sometimes delay reaching out or asking for help. So the time limit, when people say, oh, if that happened, why you didn't call the police right then and there? If he sexually assaulted you, why did... Listen, until it happens to you, you don't know what goes on in the thought process of trying to just figure out what... First of all, you'd be like, what the fuck just happened? Okay? So some women who are sexually assaulted, immediately they go and seek help. Some, it takes them months to speak up. Some, it takes years. The victim blaming. some who never speak up. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Victim blaming and victim shaming. It just creates even more barriers for these women and men to speak up and feel like they're being heard and to feel like, because it's already embarrassing. You know? It's already I'm, traumatic enough. Yeah. There's a lot of emotions that go into yes, that, I'm sure. Yes. And I think we've gotten the perfect example with the whole Judge Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford situation hmm. and how this lady just spoke in front of the whole nation and gave her experience of this man when they were in high school. And for me, I believed her. Mm-hmm. Just hearing her speak, like she didn't seek out the attention, she didn't ask to be brought in front of the special counsel, they sought her. And for her to come up there and be very transparent and to me very honest about what she's going through and for him to still be appointed and confirmed, I mean, what kind of message does that send? Right. And Not it, only to her, but to other To all victims. women. Yes. To all women. Yes. And her life, the last I heard, I haven't read anything on it in maybe the last week or two, her and her family aren't even able to return back to their home because of death threats and right, everyone. That's horrible. So her, her and he's just fine, right? Like, that's I mean, uh, that's the position all judges aspire for. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no higher court than the Supreme Court. Like, he probably dreamt of that his entire life, so he got what he wanted, right? And now this lady and her family, and then the president to have the nerve sure. <laughs> to make light of the situation at rallies after. The whole experience is just, I mean, 
it just reinforces the whole stigma associated with coming out and letting the world know that you've been abused. I, I think these recent situations have done way more harm than it has good for the Absolutely. whole Me Too movement. I agree. Absolutely. Another or my last point that I want to touch on, just in talking to different people that I know, family members, uh, close friends, I think the reason a lot of black women are hesitant and I actually have a, a classmate that made a powerful post. Um, she was sexually assaulted. And she said that one of the reasons that she did not speak up was because she was taught to protect black men. And that she was raised and this was instilled in her that the black man in this country has enough people against him. So we are to protect our black men. and that played a part in her not speaking up because she didn't want to look like a person that was like the reason there again, the shame and the blame that we put on ourselves when we are victimized. Right. She didn't want to be the reason that a black man was, but who's here to protect black women. I've heard that argument. With yes. So many times under almost all circumstances when black women are, abused in whatever way by black men you we are taught whether consciously or yeah don't put them white folks in y'all business to keep your mouth closed yeah and just take it no do not take it i'm telling y'all instead of telling black men and holding black men accountable Accountable. absolutely black women are just supposed to take it then you wonder why there are so many angry and bitter black women walking around because we're holding all this shit in where do you think all of these emotions are going to go (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And the fact that as black people, we've been conditioned to bury things, you know, our family secrets, things that happen, trauma. We're just conditioned to sweep it under the rug. So a lot of times when people do speak up, it's not addressed. They're told, don't talk about it. I'll handle it just and it's never spoken of again. There's no counseling. These children and women don't feel protected. They don't feel like anyone has taken them seriously because black people are more concerned with keeping everything on the low than they are with maintaining actually healing. Yes. Like I think almost every black family has that uncle that your parents kind of tell you, don't play with him like that or stay away from uncle such and such. So you basically telling me that, you know, this person is a pedophile or uh, on some level. He has some type of fetish with children because you're telling your children, don't play with him like that. Stay away from him. Because I had an uncle like that. You know, my mama just told him straight up, hey, don't touch my child. Don't tickle her. Don't play with her, period. But the family as a whole is like. So we try to police. We try to police on our own. On our own. And it's it's not working. It's not working. You brought up a great point because I was going to bring that up in my segment about we have kind of normalized these inappropriate behaviors. And I think we've talked about this in previous episodes, how as soon as a young girl starts to develop, Mm -hmm. it's not uncommon for the neighborhood men, the men that she interacts with to start approaching her in an inappropriate manner. Right. Right. And it's not even men that she knows that's going to the gas station, any, any place. That is true. And you know how the black elders respond to that? The black mothers and black grandmothers, they tell the little girl, 
Get your little fast ass yeah. in this house. Mm-hmm. Or your shorts too short. Or yeah, because you're not covered up. Instead of addressing them, them you don't them. talk. You don't exactly. talk. She is she is a, a little girl. You don't talk to her like that. And, and it happens. And instead, the woman is in turn given the shame. So now she's yes. shame of her body. And she, she has you know, that. Yeah. So instead of getting the person that's doing the wrong, you're attacking the victim. And as that's a culture, not, we need to address this. Yeah. Yeah. As a culture. It's a lot of things, nuanced behaviors that are sexual harassment in nature mm-hmm. that we don't want to talk about. Exactly. Like we and think, it's it, oh, it's just a man flirting. Oh, no, like if I don't know you and if I'm, and I'm minding my business <laughs> and I am uncomfortable yeah. with what you're saying, you need to stop. Right. Period. Yeah. Don't There's even know if ands or buts about it. Like you need to stop. And this whole at that point, it's sexual harassment. It is. <laughs> yeah. But we've normalized and we've learned how to, to navigate in those yeah. worlds. But it's, it's not, not fair. fair. It's not. It's not right because they don't have to maneuver like that. No. Right. Not at all. Lisa, so what do you think? So me too. I don't really have a personal me too story. And that's in the sense of, I guess, as deep as that. But like as far as the, you know, the sexual harassment, I've experienced that in work, mm-hmm. you know, in, in workplaces or just going out, you know, just whatever, a man doing something that's inappropriate. And so for me, the damn gas station. Any, yeah. Anywhere. Oh, yes. The gas station is a work. Don't go to the gas station in the hood. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. Please don't. Yeah. Please don't. Definitely gonna get. If y'all want to know, we should start recording that, that type of those type of interactions so people <laughs> no, can really seriously. see the real life. Like this is but real. It's not. I don't think people don't know. I just think that people don't, it's not addressed. They don't categorize it as sexual harassment or sexual right. abuse, but it is. If it it's is. unwarranted, right. you need to stop. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I've experienced it in that sense. And so for me, I was like passive aggressive. I didn't really know how to, you know, shun them away, but I guess that's why I just kind of dealt with it or I would make sure that I wasn't around that person or I didn't go or whatever Mm -hmm. in that sense. But I posed the question on social media to the men asking had any men. Well, first I posed the question, have you been affected by it? And a few men responded, yes. So then I came back and posed the question, you know, like share your story. So I had one guy he inboxed me and he was just saying that, you know, he works at a club. so. He's always getting these aggressive women and they'll grab him or, you know, things like that. And he's like, it's not welcomed. Like he's not inviting it in. So it's not wanted. Men experienced it, too, which was kind of and odd you know, for me. Young boys experience it, too. Because True. like we joking, jokingly, some women do like your son having boys. They'll be like, that's my little boyfriend. Or you'll see clips of like grown women gyrating against young boys and that's and men and women encouraging their young yeah. sons to go after adult women like that's all inappropriate behavior very, very. this shit just pisses me off yeah Amber <laughs> just got real pissed she off <laughs> 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 because no one we don't talk this is a no, part of it this yeah. is a part of it but it is and the thing is it starts when you're young because like we were just you saying normalize. it's been it's, normalized it's done. I had that uncle too and my mama made it very clear she told him you don't go near mine and she made it very clear to us not to go near him and that man needed help he needed help and he sh- really shouldn't even be allowed to, to me those around. people shouldn't even be allowed to come to the family functions because now whether you know it or not he's looking at the little girls or yep. the little boy whatever 
And it's not really much you can do because he's there. So you could tell them to stay away, but he shouldn't be allowed. He shouldn't to even be, be around. Y'all know that, right? Right. But that just goes along with the black as a culture. We have everything really has been just like swept under the rug, yeah. and you don't deal with it. But or that's not just how they it, are. No, no that's no, no, not no, no, okay. No. It's yeah. not okay. It starts. In the family, you know, it starts at home. Most people so, are abused by people they know. Exactly. Yes. Right. And then the girl and with social media, you hear all these stories and you see all the stories. And, you know, when I see the stories of the mama boyfriend is in the house and he's, you know, and then the girl is made shame. Well, she shouldn't have had on them little shorts around him or she shouldn't have done this. Or it's really How not fair as a victim to have to, you're already in dealing with all these things that come with it because I'm sure with that comes, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. I'm, you know, like low self-esteem, depression, all these things. And now the blame is being put on you for what happened to you. And that, I don't understand how people are able to make sense of that. But even with the Bill Cosby stories, I'm really amused at our culture for trying to protect him because of who he is. And because he's black. Right. We spent more time trying to protect Bill Cosby from white people than Bill Cosby spent time trying to check his own behavior. If Bill Cosby was as active as we are in shielding his reputation, he wouldn't be in the situation that he's in. Like Bill Cosby, it's not one, two, three. This man, it's over 60 plus women who have accused (laughs) this man. they are not all All of them are lying. And who cares that it took them all this time to come out? And he's admitted to a lot of fuck shit. Like (laughs) he is a perv. Right. But because they took so long, we're like, well, they should have came out before this. Or because he's a fictional parent. Like he, that's Bill Guys, like, <laughs> and it I think people forget. Sense. Do people forget the comments that Bill Cosby has made oh, about black asshole. people <laughs> and the black community and black men? Are y'all fucking kidding me? Are y'all kidding me? And this is who y'all defend? Let me tell y'all something. If the shoe was on the other foot, he wouldn't defend he y'all. Be like I told you so. He will call you out on your <laughs> shit, but we can't call him out on right. your shit. And that is a problem. That is a problem. He deserves to be where he is because he of his actions. And, who, and it doesn't matter if Weinstein or whoever he is, if he got off, let them. I mean, so it doesn't matter to me if you're black or white. Color, your culture, whatever. That does not matter if... You're right, because we've already people. recognized the fact that there's going to be injustice when it comes to so black people stop doing dumb shit. That's the thing I don't understand. If you already know that you're being treated unequally, <laughs> right. you have always been treated unequally. Justice is not served on your behalf. Why the hell do you continue to blatantly break law? And why and the hell mad? would you as a black man go and date rape all of these white women <laughs> and think that they're going to let you slide, sir? And then even, okay, so let's say that they, because you have people saying, okay, they knew that they were taking this drug with him or whatever. Okay, let's say they took it together. I don't care if she was not woke, (laughs) if she did not, you know, participate in this. She did not give you consent. And that is right. And that's what I don't understand. (laughs) These men that are our age who have daughters who are my son's age, 13 and 14. So if your daughter pops a molly with some dude in high school, and she passes out unconscious. You mean you to tell okay. me that you're okay yeah. with these niggas running a train on her? Exactly. Are you kidding me? No, they me? wouldn't this be so okay. Stupid. But he's Bill Cosby, so he's. But you know another issue too, like with the Kavanaugh thing. The judge, 
I've had people in the conversations that I've talked, that I've had about it, that say, well, it happened in high school. He's had a whole life since then. It's like, but that's a character flaw. Like, if he was engaging in this type of fuck shit in high school, I mean, and you're okay with that, then that to me says that you've been doing the same shit too. Like, you, you've you been effed up for a very long yeah. time that you're right, engaging in this type of shit that early on. Those type right. of characteristics, it's they not something you grow out of. It's not like, right. oh, when I was a kid. You just don't happen to ra- accidentally to- rape people. No. No, you're a, no that's a character right. flaw in you because there are some men, a lot of men, the majority of men, who won't do that regardless of whether they're in high school or they're adults. Some people just don't engage in that type of behavior and for you to engage in that in high school and then want to be a part of the highest court in the nation no you just don't fit especially when there has been no type of consequences no type of rehabilitation you're not even being accountable for those actions at all so y'all are telling me that because he did this in high school and hasn't faced any of those three things that i named y'all somehow think he just miraculously is a different person now no it doesn't work like that no yeah, it's really sad. It's disheartening. It really is. You know what? And I just feel like women are so underprotected. Yeah. I think that was you that posted the story about Emily B. in the fabulous situation. Now, that wasn't sexual abuse, but it was physical abuse. And how her own father made a statement that said that if he had to, he would testify on Fabulous' behalf. <laughs> We've seen a clip. Of the father, Fabulous, and Emily together. The police report states that he knocked her teeth out. And he threatened to kill the dad. And so, but now you're We saw okay the video of him. that. We saw the video of that. So, and people are really like, okay with this. Just like the R. Kelly thing. Like, I, we talk about R. Kelly. We talked about Fabulous. But let's talk about Nas. Oh, baby. Yeah, him too. And a lot of people are like, oh, Khalees is lying. She's bitter. Baby, that's why women don't tell their stories, okay? Exactly. That's why (laughs) they don't. She's always the bitter one. It doesn't matter what a woman does, how she approaches it, when she approaches it, if she has proof, if she has pictures. Do you hear me? She's always considered the crazy, the bitter. Everybody not lying on your partner. Everybody's not. Just because you know them. On TV, or you know them in a social setting, you don't doesn't know mean you know what doors. they do right. to women behind closed doors. Let me tell y'all that you don't know what these men are capable of. You don't know the type of rage and hurt that they're living with. You can't speak for them just because you know them. Oh, I've been knowing them for ten years. It doesn't matter. A lot of time, these men who are abusive and rapists, they're usually the life of the party. They're usually pretty powerful and popular men. That don't mean shit. Do you hear me? It means nothing. Everybody is not lying. Okay. So yes, absolutely. Nas too. And I used to be such a fan of his music, but I mean, it is what it is. An abuser because is an abuser. If, but if the women started speaking out when it happened, people would be surprised because it would be some of y'all homeboys that y'all really don't know about. Not some, it would be a lot. A lot. Yeah. If people really started speaking up. I posted something the other day. And it said, um, you own everything that happened to you. Mm. Tell your stories. If people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. So I wanted to share that because victims, it's not your fault. And you don't have to stay quiet. Um, You don't have to protect them because you weren't protected. That's Um, right. You can speak up and you can tell your story. I'm sure that there's like you know, hotlines or whatever out there. There are. And every, and let me say this too, because I know I've spoken about physical abuse on my behalf. 
Every woman that speaks out about being victimized is not speaking out so that you can say, oh, Keisha, you know, let me give you a hug. That was never my intention. My healing is from within. I have to deal with that shit on my own. It's nothing that y'all can do for me. So don't think when I speak about it, I'm looking for validation. And it's not to bash anyone. It's not because I wish them hell. It's, it's none of that. The reason I chose to be more vocal, because I used to be very private and all of my business was just my business. But you know what I did? I internalized a lot of shit and it was eating me up on the inside. And then when I started to think about, okay, instead of saying, why me? I said, what do you want me to learn from this guy? I I literally said, there has to be a lesson in all of this. Or what are you trying to accomplish? And it's like, it's crazy because right after I went through my situation, the podcast idea popped back up. Now I have a platform where anywhere from 200 to 400 people, because that's how many listeners we be having on our episodes. Excuse me. Okay. (laughs) You know, now I have women who are actively listening to my voice. So I don't speak for me because y'all can't help me. No and I offense. think that's what people get it messed up because I think that they believe that when someone tells their story, that they're telling it to get the oohs and the ahs when really that. that's not. I'm speaking my truth. People so have no idea how much speaking your truth is helpful. It's healing. It is yeah. healing. It's to healing. Speak. And <laughs> I know for a fact that. My voice is being heard by somebody, even if it's just one person. And you never that know feels who like help. they are alone or they've been through the same shit that I've been through. And they feel like I felt at my lowest because, man, it got ugly. I felt literally like some days I just didn't want to wake up. Like, that's how bad it got. So if I can reach one woman and let her know, hey, you going to be all right, boo. This is what happened. I'm telling you what happened. And you can recover. Right. You can overcome then that gives me a little more peace. You know, even though I still got to deal with the shit on my end, I still got to heal from it myself. But if I could just drop a little jewel, just plant a seed in somebody to know that you can still. And another reason why I spoke out is because people don't really know you, but they think they know you. They look at me as a very strong woman. So a lot of strong women don't speak up because they don't want that to taint their image. I don't want nobody to know that I was ever that weak to allow that to happen. Look at here. It happens to the best of us. It doesn't mean I'm not a strong woman. It doesn't mean that you're not a strong woman because you were sexually victimized or physically abused. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. So lifting that shame off of me, I'm hoping that it can help another woman lift her shame so that she... And she don't have to speak out about it on a public platform like I am. But just to know that you can recover. You can go through some hard shit and we are built to recover. And there are steps that you can take to be better and to survive. And that there is hope and there is help and there is support. And there are people who believe you and love you and want to see you succeed. So I just went on a whole little rant. That was good, friend. That was good. (laughs) You done, Lisa? I'm done. Okay. So me too. I guess there's three points I want to make. First, Lisa, you brought up a good point. Keisha too, about that men are abused as well, Mm -hmm. are victims of sexual abuse. And oftentimes they don't feel comfortable coming out and being honest about that because, you know, it can be emasculating for a man to admit that they've been a victim of sexual abuse right? or physical abuse as well. I do want to talk about in our culture how we encourage women to hit on men. 
I think that's something that we need to address too. When you mean physically? Physically. Yes. It's not okay. And, it's not. And I will acknowledge that I've done that when I've been very angry, just completely snap and just yeah. wild out and hit my partner. And it's not okay. It's not. It's not okay. If you don't want your man to put his hands on you, we need to stop putting our hands on our men. It's not okay. Just because you're a woman and you're stronger and you may not cause any damage, there's a level of respect. You have to respect each other. If Absolutely. your relationship gets to that point where you're beating on your man, you, you guys, you need to leave. Y'all yeah. need counseling. It's gone too far. That shit's not healthy. It's not normal. But somehow we've glamorized that shit. Yeah. It's not and cool. Normalized it. It's not cool. And it's not normal. It's, it's not. not healthy for anybody or anything. You know what that. checked me about that? When I had my sons, because like I told you with Amari's daddy, and I used to fight him all the time. And it's not something that I'm proud of. And looking back at it, I'm thinking, Keisha, what would you do if somebody did that to Amari? Baby, me and this hoe going to square up if I don't want anyone putting their hands on my sons because I have not taught my sons. And especially because they've witnessed a little bit too much. They know and I've talked to them specifically about domestic abuse and how, you know, hitting on women. That's not something that I've raised them to do. But at the same time, my sons are no one's punching bag, right. woman, wife, whoever. And I mean, we need to stick to the golden rule that we all learned very young, you know, early on, or we should have learned. You treat people how I you mean, want absolutely. to be treated. Keep yeah. your hands off of a man if you do not want a man to put his hands on you. Absolutely. That's my first. Um, my second, I didn't realize how prevalent sexual abuse was in the black community until I started asking my friends or having conversations with my friends in adulthood about their experience with it. Mm -hmm. And these were friends that I had been friends with for years. Some of my closest friends that I never knew until we actually had the conversation. And I'm like, damn, wow. You know, it's a lot of women walking around here, even there your are. best friend that you could have yeah. been friends with for 15 years has never disclosed that information to you. Yes. And you expect them to tell the world? Exactly. When they don't even tell the people closest to them? Right. Mm -hmm. So they said, like, in the cabin off, I'm sorry to keep referring back to that, the doctor, the first time she ever came out and disclosed that she had been sexually abused by the judge was in therapy with her husband. And this lady was, you know, in her probably 40s or 50s. Mm. She had been married to her husband for years before she ever disclosed that information. And that's one thing that they wanted to poke holes in when she came before the special counsel. Why did you wait so long to even tell your husband? This, people are not walking around <laughs> just, hey, 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 I was abused. I was abused. Right. I was abused. That shit is traumatic. Right. Very. I can only imagine. I really can't even imagine. Like Another thing that they kept pointing out was why is it that she can't remember everything else? She couldn't remember the house that she was the exact address or all, but she could remember being violated. That makes complete sense to me. To like, me I'm too. not going to remember the day of the week or the house, I, but I definitely will remember the experience and that how it had. felt exactly. when you touched me inappropriately. I will remember that, but I'm not going to remember those small details. It Let me tell you something. When I went through my situation and I had to go in and speak with basically like a little nonprofit organization that helps women that have been abused. And literally, I'm talking about this was months apart. Do you know when they were asking me some of those questions? I couldn't remember. I had to go home and I was crying. I was upset. And I'm like, why the fuck don't I remember the details? I kept getting like, different incidences and times that I was abused, like mixed up, like, oh, wait, no, that wasn't that time. So if you put me on a stand, you would think, oh, you're lying. That you're lying. No. 
I literally had created blocks in my mind so that I didn't have to deal with the depths of pain that that shit caused me. So it is very possible when a woman is abused, sometimes we try so hard to block that shit out before we actually learn. And this was before I actually learned how to start processing and dealing with that shit. Like I was literally just like block, block, bury, bury to where all that shit start meshing together. And I honestly did get some events and sometimes like mixed up, but I know fuck well they happened. Right. You can't, I mean, I have pictures. I know that they happened. It's just like I had tried so hard to bury it and block it because I didn't want to deal with how much pain that shit caused. So when they start saying, I'm like, what do you mean? How don't you remember? When something traumatic happens to you, a lot of times your body as a response will try to block it out. It's an adrenaline rush. It's an adrenaline reaction to the trauma that's occurring. And you're not going to remember every single fucking thing, but you will remember. And then sometimes you remember there are incidents where I can remember the smallest detail, like the fact that I was in a closet and there was one hanger like hanging. Like I can remember that little small detail. But when this person was asking me what month that happened in, I couldn't fucking tell them because it's like certain triggers or certain things that I would focus on when this shit was going on. I don't know why my brain chose to process it that way, but that's just how it happens. But it does not mean that the woman is lying, period. Definitely. And then my third point. So you two have acknowledged that you guys haven't had a personal Me Too story. Mm -hmm. And so... A couple of weeks ago, if someone would have asked me if I had a Me Too story, I would have said no. But then when I think back, it's like, well, yeah, I have had a Me Too story. And I'm thinking that maybe I'm not alone. It's like, again, we have normalized a lot of things in our community that it wasn't normal. It wasn't right what happened. But for me, it didn't stand out as if some abuse Mm -hmm. occurred. But as an adult looking back, no, that was abusive because I didn't ask for that. That was very much inappropriate. And so I guess my Me Too story is a friend's brother. I'm trying to (laughs) talk about this without identifying people. And again, that's a part of this whole Mm -hmm. Me Too thing. It's like it is my story, but then it affects other people. This happened in childhood and now we're grown. It happened when I was touched inappropriately while playing hide and go seek Mm -hmm. as a child with an older dude. Mm-hmm. who probably shouldn't have been playing hide-and-go-seek with us in the first place. But it was always convenient that he would always hide where I was hiding. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, touching my private area or, you know, swimming, touching my private area, mm-hmm. wanting to carry me, you know, and I would always find a way to get away. So it never went too far, but it occurred right. and it's inappropriate. It and is. so I've always thought over the years, I know I, I wasn't the only one he had to have been doing that to. I've never had a conversation with any of the other girls that I know were around him during this time period. Mm-hmm. But it has crossed my mind as I've gotten older about the children that I know that the young girls that I know that he's in the presence of because of, you know, having nieces and having cousins. And, it's, and so a part of me does feel like maybe I should say something because I don't know if he is still doing it or if he's done it to somebody else. And then again, it's like, why don't you come out? Because who wants to get all involved and create this whole drama around something that may have just happened to you and you've been able to deal with it and you don't really want to open a can of worms into something that could just become so much more. But just listening to you talk, it just 
is a testament to how unfair it is to the victim. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you have to sit there and rationalize all of this. Well, yeah, it's a big weight. It's a responsibility that yes, comes with that. Yes. And then it just pushes the point further that why women don't come out because you may be a woman like me who it just took you two weeks ago to, to realize, realize that hey you've been a victim too because somewhere in my head i just i don't know i i just thought, thought it was normal well i didn't think it was normal but i just didn't think it was that big of a deal i didn't think that because it didn't go all the way there was no actual penetration that you know it wasn't sexual abuse but it was because i was yeah. i was too young and i didn't ask for it and it was very much inappropriate. And I just pray that it stopped with me. It probably didn't stop with me because if you can do that to me, for me to think that you didn't do it to anybody else is just foolish. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, you know, maybe one day, maybe from this conversation, maybe one of the young ladies are listening to the podcast and maybe we can have a conversation about it because I'm pretty sure that it didn't just happen to me, but who knows? And then the love that I have for my friend Also, it's like, I know it would break her heart to hear that her brother engaged in this type of behavior, you know? I don't want to hurt her. She's the last person on the planet I want to hurt, but it happened. Right. And I have told people, you know, well, I've only told my husband before. And his response, his reaction wasn't much different than mine. It wasn't like a big deal. It's just like, I just think a lot of us have been abused and we just don't call it that. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. That is a huge problem. It has to not be normalized. We have to stop normalizing it, should I say. Yeah, it's not okay. Um, Because we have kids. So, you know, we don't want our kids. I know I definitely do not want my kids for something to happen and they don't tell me because they just feel like it's normal or they internalize that. About that, like, and then it makes the matter even more crazy that it took me forever to even realize it because my mother was a stickler on making sure that I was aware of what was appropriate and inappropriate. Mine was too. To the point where it was like annoying. Annoying. My mother was constantly making sure that I understood no one can do this, no one can do that and even still boundaries were... to recognize. Right. It doesn't make any sense how even then. I wanted to, because Lisa brought up a good point with our children. So in co-parenting situations, I know I had a situation with um, my youngest son where basically they were spending the night at his daddy girlfriend house and his daddy said, don't tell your mama. And I had a problem with that because my mind automatically went to some of the things that I had heard while working for the sheriff's department where things happen at the other parent's house. And you conditioned my child, my three-year-old at the time, he's four now. So I had to have a conversation with his daddy and tell him, look, I don't care that y'all spending the night at your girlfriend's house. That's fine with me. Do not make it a habit of telling my child, don't tell me what goes on at that house. Because if someone were to do something to him, he feels like, well, as loyalty to my dad, I can't tell my mama. mama." And he's not going to tell his dad if something happens either. So then, right. then so then, who does he him? tell? He doesn't tell. So anybody. we had to have a yeah. really uh, good conversation. I'll come a, to Jesus for a good old conversation, <laughs> nigga. Let me tell you something. Don't ever tell him that because, like I told y'all with the mommy issues, the person who has always protected me, had my back, stood up for me, is my mama. So I take that very seriously when it comes to my kids. So I need my kids to know. That no matter what, mommy is on your side. I tell him that all the time. I'm going to choose you over anybody, Mm -hmm. over anybody. And I'll always believe you. And I don't care what nobody put into your head. I got you. 
So that pissed me off when he told him, well, don't tell your mama. Look, nigga, I don't care if y'all spending the night over there. As long as you there and you watching my child, I really don't care. But don't put into a three-year-old's head because that's starting early. Very. Don't tell your mama. No, he need to tell his mama whatever he feel like he need to tell his mama because I'm going to make sure that he's protected. Yeah. And I'm not to say that his father won't. I hope he will. But I know for sure, for sure, Keisha got him. So, yeah, that's a big thing. And I know a lot of times as parents, we be like, don't be telling my business. But at the same time, let these kids talk to whoever they feel comfortable with, because there may come a time where they don't want to talk to you. And maybe they do feel more comfortable with that other parent. And even if something were to happen at my house, I would feel better knowing that True felt comfortable enough to at least go tell his daddy and that I didn't condition him to say, Oh, well, don't tell your daddy nothing that go on in this household because that's a big black person thing. We love telling our kids mm-hmm. that they have to be able to confide in somebody if some shit go down and if something happens. So that's it. That's some real shit. And I think we should close it out there, friend. OK, then. Well, let's close it out. So we've all talked about the ways that we didn't crack any wait, jokes. Let- we need to um invite the people, invite the people. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, y'all, we have the vision board party is. Co-ed. So men, y'all are invited to come out and do yes, y'all a vision couples, board Yes, couples, husband too. and wife, y'all come yeah. out and single men. And yeah. we did it. Some people had problems with doing it on New Year's Eve, but that's why we have cocktail attire. You can come in whatever you're going out in and for the rest of the night. And it's over at ten thirty. You yes, still have time to yes. get to your parties. Yeah, so come in. You do don't have your to stay the entire year. time. Just yeah. come in. You know, mingle with us. We're a fun little um, Man, trio. <laughs> You will not, um, <laughs> you will not be disappointed. We will make sure that you enter your new year with a new vision and some motivation to make shit happen to manifest some good shit in your life. Yes. So come in. So let me um, just say this real quick to put a little plug in there. So I did a vision board. My vision board from last year, y'all, like 75% of the stuff that was on my vision board has happened. And the year not even over yet. Amazing. So, Girl, yeah. I'm going to tell y'all the truth about I was mine. drunk. So I did a vision you board. Off, off mimosas. <laughs> Drunk off of mimosas. I had to burn my vision board, y'all, because <laughs> some of the things that I put on there, I knew were not in alignment with where I needed to go. I was just. So you're excited about this. I'm so excited. I am so excited, I'm y'all. Excited I'm about too. to, man, I'm about to make this shake. My 2019. So, to be I actually want to do mine listen. before the uh That's not how it works. Party. That's not how it works. You can get some of your stuff, though. Yeah. That's not how it works. I'm just No, we, no, you we do gonna it. We're going to do our vision board, too, because the energy day is going to be. Let amazing. me tell y'all, the energy is going to be we, everything. Man, last year, we loved it. That group of girls, I hope they come back. You can buy tickets on Eventbrite. The yeah. link is in our personal Instagram and, pages and the group page. Mm-hmm. And it's on Facebook page. And it's $30. That includes some good shit. Go Please ahead. come out. Go ahead and close it out. All right. And so you've been listening to the Miseducation of the Black Woman Podcast, Episode 8, where unlearning is learning anew. So Beep. this is Keisha. I did that. <laughs> she did. This is Keisha. I'm Lisa. I think I want to switch mine to Amber Manette. Yeah. We're not even saying our last name. That's not my last name. (laughs) You've been listening to the Miseducation of the Black Woman Podcast. Be sure to visit us on Facebook at the Miseducation of the Black Woman Podcast page and on TMBW Podcast on Instagram and Snapchat. Until next time, unlearning is learning anew.